Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms. My name is Diana Grancagnolo, and I serve as a deacon in our congregation. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we prepare for worship, let us bow our heads in prayer. We do not presume to come to your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own goodness, but in your all-embracing love and mercy. We are not worthy even to gather up the crumbs under your table, but it is your nature always to have mercy. So feed us with the body and blood of Jesus Christ, your son, that we may forever live in him and he in us. Amen. Now, as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God.
Will you please stand for the call to worship? Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, those who he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Let us worship God. Morning. Think. Are there times this week when we've done something wrong and tried to hide it from God or others? Are there times when we've lived for ourselves and reluctantly removed ourselves from His will? Are there instances in which we turn down our neighbor and refuse to bear the burden that is tearing them apart or pass by the hungry? or the poor, or the oppressed, dismissing their plight quickly from our minds. Let us reflect on this as we confess our sins. Holy and merciful God, in your presence we confess our sinfulness, our shortcomings, our offenses against you. You alone know how often we have sinned in wandering from your ways in wasting your gifts, in forgetting your love. Have mercy on us, O God, for we are ashamed and sorry for all we have done to displease you. Forgive our sins and help us to live in your life and walk in your ways. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. 
Here's the good news. God is slow to anger and full of compassion. He forgives all who humbly repent and trust in his Son as Savior and Lord. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. beautiful morning we have the privilege of reciting that historic creed to reflect our faith the Apostles Creed let us share it together I believe in God the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth and in Jesus Christ his only Son our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Ghost born of the Virgin Mary suffered under Pontius Pilate was crucified dead and buried he descended to hell. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us share together the fellowship of our wonderful body. Good morning. Good morning. What a beautiful day today, huh? Boy, 
hold on to these for as long as we can, huh? We are grateful that we could be gathered together by the Holy Spirit here at Church of the Palms and thankful that we have the chance to experience once again what it means to be a part of the body of Christ, to worship together and to wonder what God might be calling us to do in God's good world. We hope that you will find this to be a place of welcome, especially if you are maybe from far away and just here for a short while. We're glad that you're with us. Please make Church of the Palms your church home wherever you, whenever you are in town. We'd love to have you be a part of our life here. Fill out the friendship pads which are in the pews and pass those along to your neighbor and uh, hopefully you'll find a name there that you don't recognize and perhaps you'll make a new friend after our service by coming underneath the tree after the service for a chance for fellowship and to learn about the opportunities of ministry we have here at Church of the Palms. We have a big concert this afternoon. The Sarasota Young Voices are performing their 10th anniversary concert right here in the sanctuary. You don't want to miss that, including a world premiere. You won't want to miss that as well. So we're looking forward to uh, that wonderful celebration, and we hope that you'll join us to hear some beautiful music. Our Psalms class is uh, continuing on Wednesday evenings, and we would love for you to come and be a part of that uh, chance to learn more about that prayer book of the Bible, that center book of the Bible, and the ways by which it can inform our own spiritual journeys. We also invite you to find out more about the Day of Hope, which is fast approaching July the 22nd, when we will have a campus full of about three hundred families or so who will be, uh, 300 volunteers who will be supporting about 250 families who are preparing their children, many of them homeless, uh, certainly all of them impoverished, preparing them so that they can get to school with a full uh, lot of resources and fully prepared. So we hope that you'll join us, but find out more about that Day of Hope, July 22nd, underneath the tree uh, today. We also are grateful for your continued generosity here at Church of the Palms as we see more and more activity and the building beginning to find its way out of the ground and we're grateful for that and we're grateful for your continued support of our ongoing operating budget and as we make our way into the summer, I've been saying goodbye to all of our seasonal friends and uh, we'll look forward to their return but your faithfulness throughout the course of the summer months and your giving and generosity will be of great uh, advantage for us as we make our way through that time. We want to continue to keep in our prayers the family of Sally Ballman, who passed away just Friday. Her service is on Monday over in Bay Village, and we wanted to make sure you knew that since uh, such little time has elapsed between those two events. We also want to celebrate a birthday today. Uh, Turning 102 is Clint Terry over there. Clint, would you stand up? Clint Terry turned 102 today. Drove himself to church and uh, fully engaged with our congregation and with his family and friends. We're just grateful, Clint, that you are here and we're delighted to be celebrating your birthday with you. And uh, we pray blessings upon you in the days and years and decades to come. So (laughs) let us continue our worship by the presentation of our tithes and gifts and offerings.
Father, it's a small gesture, pulling coins or bills out of our pockets, writing a check. It almost makes no sound as it drops into the offering plate, but it is the sound of our hearts opening, giving you the fruit of our labor. It is our collective offering of love out of gratitude for your love and mercy, your grace and faithfulness. We do this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated, and now we invite the children to come forward for the children's moment with Miss Carol. So I had the wonderful pleasure of being away at Cedar Kirk Spring Bash with 13 
kids under the age of 11. <laughs> we had a great time. The weather was awesome. It was, we didn't get much sleep. <laughs> and it was really loud. We had a lot of laughs. It was really great. So who went on the Cedar Kirk trip? Raise your hands. One, two. Hmm, I guess a lot of people got to sleep in. Um, so one of the messages that we learned over this weekend was to listen for God's um, quiet, soft voice. And um, can you guys tell me anything that you know of that makes a lot of noise in life? Cynthia. Cows. <laughs> yeah, we heard some cows. My brother's drums. You're in your house? Yeah? What do you think? Anybody else? What about outside? Is there loud noises outside? Ryan, what do you know? Siren. Sirens? Like, um, what about like the lunchroom? Is that really loud? It's sometimes so loud in our lives that we can't even think or hear ourselves think. <clears throat> okay, I want you guys to listen really carefully, and when you when you're done listening, I want you to tell me what you hear. Moxie, what was that? A forest fire. A forest fire? Anybody else? An earthquake. An earthquake? Hmm. What do you think, Cynthia? Mm, she said it. She said it. Kara. A herd of cows. A herd of cows. You know what I think? What do you think? Gabe, Gabe what is it? A horse, horse racing. Horses. You know what? It's a horse and chariot. Like the wagon that goes behind the horse and chariot. That sound is exactly the, the kind of sound that might have been heard by this guy that we're talking about in our Bible story. His name is Philip, and he um, is a follower of Jesus, and a leader of the church. <laughs> so Philip was fleeing Jerusalem for safety because he, the Jesus followers were being persecuted. Persecuted is kind of um, a big word for, that means they were being bullied because they believed in Jesus, okay? So um, throughout all that noise, that sound that you heard, horses in the big city of Jerusalem, Philip heard God's voice We're going to do it upstairs a little bit later. But when Philip heard that loud noise, he heard God's voice. In the loudness, he heard God say, I want you to go down to this strange place on a remote road and go to this city, a little city called Gaza. Philip thought it was kind of strange, but he listened. Pretty soon, Philip heard God speak to him again and said, Hey, I want you to run next to the chariot, the horse and buggy, like the chariot. And I want you to run next to the chariot. Again, Philip thought that was kind of strange, but he listened. God again spoke to, to Philip and said, get in the chariot. Do you know, Philip got in the chariot, and there was a stranger in the chariot that was trying to understand some scripture. Because Philip chose to listen to God, he was able to tell this, this person about Jesus, the good news of Jesus Christ. So, <clears throat> you know what that means, guys? When, when our, our world gets really loud and busy, we are called to listen to, 
to what God wants us to do. We don't want to miss an opportunity to help someone and tell someone about God. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you that you are always walking right beside us, telling us what road to take. Help us to listen to you even when the world around us gets really loud. Amen. A lot of us had a great time yesterday at the first impressions uh, lunch and for the chance to get all of our first impressions people and you're wondering what's a first impressions person and that's all those good folks that greet you on the way in to worship on Sunday morning and other times to let people know that we are glad that they're here whether they are here for the first time or here for the hundredth time and uh, we uh, always are yearning to find ways by which we can as a congregation be more and more receptive and open and welcoming to those who come our way, especially the first time visitor, especially the person who sits in your favorite seat. <laughs> now we're really testing you, aren't we, huh? <laughs> so many, many thanks for all those who provide that great, um, that great gesture of hospitality as folks come our way. Our scripture is from Acts chapter 8, beginning at the 26th verse. Hear the word of God. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, get up and go toward the south to the road that goes down from the Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home, seated in his chariot. He was reading the prophet Isaiah. And then the spirit said to Philip, go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. And he asked, do you understand what you're reading? And he replied, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, like a sheep he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb silent before it shears so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation for his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, about whom may I ask you does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak, and starting with the scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O Lord, that you will allow these words to come to point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ, for we pray this in his name, amen.
Indulge me, please, a couple of stories. Story number one. Back when I was 14 or 15 years old and was left alone for the evening while my parents went out for dinner with friends, I received a call from our next door neighbor. It was around nine o'clock in the evening and the reason was for the call was that our neighbor had noticed a young man in front of the church across the street pounding on the front door. My father was the pastor of that church, thus the purpose of the call to alert the pastor that there was someone in distress pounding on the front door of his church. Well, with dad away for the evening and no cell phone by which to reach him, I thus became the person in charge. Nervously, I walked across the street to find a young man about 10 years my senior in great distress who was desperate for someone to help him. His only thought was to come to the church. An important relationship had just ended for him and he was despondent. Can anybody help me? Not having any idea what to do, I did the only thing that came to my mind. I took the young man back to our house and quickly called the assistant pastor. Never have I been happier for someone to pick up the phone. Could he help? Which he did, of course. He came over, talked to the young man for a few minutes, took him to his own home, gave him something to eat, talked with him, prayed with him, and helped him to see that life was worth living and that things would someday get better. Looking across the street and seeing that young man pounding on the front door of our church is an image that will likely never leave me. It has remained etched in my mind for some 40 years. When life had taken a bad turn, when hope seemed fleeting, when despair grew overwhelming, a young man's thought was to somehow turn to God and to God's people. Geneticist Dean Hamer from the National Institute of Health several years ago wrote a book entitled The God Gene in which he postulated that the genetic code of human beings includes a gene that predisposes us to yearn for, hope for, long for the existence of God, that we are hardwired to want to believe that there is some transcendent being in the universe with whom we can have a relationship. We are programmed, in essence, according to Dr. Hamer, to want God. We are scripted to seek the divine. Some didn't like the book because Dr. Hamer seemed to suggest that, that our wanting God had more to do with us than to do with the actual existence of God. Others found it, frankly, a great affirmation of faith in that why would we want, how could we want for someone who doesn't exist? Every key belongs to some lock. Our yearning for God must mean that God exists. Blaise Pascal, the great philosopher put it this way, there is a God-shaped hole in every person. There is a hole inside us that only God can fill. So in the darkness of a weekend's night, a despondent young man climbs to the steps of a church, pounds on the door because he needs God to fill his hole. That's story number one. Story number two, one of the other joys of being a preacher's kid, at least this preacher's kid, is that you got to be, thanks to your father, the one who on occasion got to introduce to the church's youth group a student who was new to the church. 
especially ones the father was concerned about blending in. I was, for example, the one who got to introduce the first African-American student, not only in our church, but in our town, to our youth group. I also got to be the one to introduce a young person, I will call her name Janet, who was in my mind very weird. A little out of the ordinary, kind of big, a bit clumsy, socially awkward, you know what I'm talking about. Weird enough that I begged my father not to give me this job. Let her fend for herself is what I was thinking in the back of my mind. However, there was no negotiation. So the next Sunday, Janet and I walked into our youth room. Meet Janet, I said to my young Christian friends half-heartedly. And frankly, that was as far as I took the job. I let Janet from that point fend for herself. And you can imagine how well that turned out for her. Snickering, whispers, cracks behind her back. I think Janet lasted a couple of Sundays with us before she knew that the youth group at our church was not a safe place. I don't know enough about genetics to know what gene lies behind the instinctive response we have to someone different than us, someone out of the ordinary. Maybe it's the fear gene or the fight or flight gene that somehow scripted inside our beings as humans is this reactive response to people not like us, people not inside the circle, people out of the ordinary. So we, we distance ourselves, we put up our fences, leave them on their own to fend for themselves and we we good half-hearted young Christians never saw Janet again. So we are this mysterious lot, aren't we? We human beings, scripted inside us this yearning for God, this longing to be accepted and embraced and loved by God, and at the same time, this gene that makes us afraid of the stranger, the unordinary one, the different one, who of course is longing as well for God as much as we are. The God gene, the fear gene, and we are scripted together in some mysterious way. And don't you wonder if there isn't some of this in play when Luke tells us a story about the Ethiopian eunuch. Now, if there is anything about which we might be unfamiliar and certainly uncomfortable, it would be with eunuchs. Eunuchs in the ancient world, to put it in PG terms, were men who, when they were young, for all sorts of cultural reasons, were surgically neutered, rendered, in essence, sexless. If you want to know all the reasons why, Google it when you go home. <laughs> Suffice it to say that there was this segment of the population that did not fit the norm, and in some cultures were abhorrent. The people of Israel and the law of Moses didn't mince words. No eunuch shall be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. Josephus, the first, Roman, first century Roman historian, tells us that over one of the gates in Jerusalem was a sign that listed all the types of people who would not be admitted. Number one were eunuchs. So even baked into the script of God's people was a loud and clear message, get away from us, you eunuchs. 
But Luke tells us that one of the newly selected leaders in the new community called the church inside of Jerusalem, a young man named Philip heard the voice of the Spirit to get up and go outside of Jerusalem, go outside of his own community, and begin down the wilderness road to Gaza. So driven by the Spirit, Philip went, and there he found on the road a eunuch, an Ethiopian eunuch, a surgically altered African from as far away from Jerusalem as one could be. And this eunuch, as it turns out, had the God gene. He had the God vacuum, the God hole in his heart, and likely what he had done is he had ridden up to the Jerusalem temple and had seen the sign, no eunuchs. So here we go, the God gene and the fear gene collide. So now he's riding away from Jerusalem, still looking for God, reading the scroll of Isaiah, and wondering about this figure talked about in Isaiah, who himself has been rejected and scorned, namely Jesus, and it gives Philip the chance to talk to this rejected and scorned new friend and to tell him the good news of Jesus, that the once rejected and scorned one has been raised and now welcomes all into the kingdom of heaven. No more scorn, no more rejection, no more fear. May Maybe Philip even points to a couple of chapters later in Isaiah where it says, thus says the Lord, I will give to the eunuchs an everlasting name. Something is happening here and it has something to do with this character of the Holy Spirit, this, this person of God who descends upon the apostles at Pentecost and who seems to surprise them at every turn. This person of God who has moved inside of Philip to say that no gate, no sign, no law, no uncomfortableness with anybody is to prevent people entry into the community and life of Christ. It's that same spirit who just a couple of chapters later drives Peter up to the coast to Caesarea to that first Gentile family to tell them that God shows no partiality. That the grace of God was for all people. You see, we, we don't have to be the mere product, Acts will tell us. We don't have to be the mere product of our gene pool. We don't have to give in to the fear gene, the script of our double helix. No, because you see, God in Jesus Christ, God in the Holy Spirit, appears to be writing a different script. What is to prevent me, the eunuch asked, what is to prevent me from being baptized? Asked the physically altered man. And Philip says, absolutely nothing. Join the rest of us yearning for God with God-shaped holes who bang on the door of the temple or the church or the heavens and know that God desires all to come in. Never made much sense, has it, that we seem to be having these debates still over who's in and who's out, whether it's the color of someone's skin or the identity of someone's gender or someone's race or someone's orientation or whether someone has made some change to their body. Let the, gene, let the fear gene be overcome by the God gene because the Spirit of God always seems to keep driving us out of our huddle, down that wilderness road, far outside of our comfort zones to engage all those folks who may not be like us, and to hear them ask, what is to prevent me from being baptized? And we know the answer. St. Francis of Assisi, from whom the current pope takes his name, knew the answer in his head, knew the answer in his head, 
But when he and his horse were galloping upon the Umbrian plain and came upon the site of a leper, oh, oh, it was in that moment that the fear gene, that fear gene inside him, that fear script kicked into gear and sent that make-believe saint galloping faster away from him than when he arrived. But here's the good news. The Holy Spirit was even faster, chasing after that scared saint as fast as Philip chased after that eunuch. Whoa, says the Spirit to Francis. Whoa, someone back there is banging on heaven's door. Someone back there is trying to get into the gate. Someone's back there is trying to get into that, to get that God hole filled. And so the saint turns his horse around, gallops back, and stops and dismounts and bows and kisses the leper with the holy kiss of welcome. Welcome into the heart of God. Welcome into the heart of me. No fear here. Perfect love casts out fear. No scorn here. No rejection here. Thank the good Lord that that long list of disqualifications that someone can come up with on me, and believe me, there's a long list of disqualifications. That long list of disqualifications backed up maybe even from Bible verses, that long list that would keep me from this table. Oh, now thank we all our God that when he got handed that list, that long list of disqualifications. He didn't even bother to read it, didn't even look at it, just tore it up and said, have a seat. Have yourself some bread and wine and let's get that God whole filled.
What is to prevent me from being baptized, asked the Ethiopian eunuch. Maybe you would be perhaps counted among those who would ask the question, what is to prevent me from coming to this table? What is to prevent me from receiving these gifts of grace and mercy? What is to prevent me from knowing of this God who yearns to fill the hole in my life? And the answer is nothing. Nothing is to prevent you from coming to this table, for this is the table of grace and mercy. This is the table where all are welcomed in the name of Jesus Christ to come and find here the presence of Christ, these gifts of blessing, to know that within the communion of God's people, God is at work always within the communion of God's people. So come and find here communion with our Lord and Savior. Find here the communion with God's children. Find here the communion of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hear the words of the institution of the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ as they are delivered by the Apostle Paul. I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you that the same night in which he was betrayed, our Lord took bread and after he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. When you eat of this, remember me. And after supper, Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you remember the Lord's death until he comes again. And he will come again. Let us pray. Meet us at this table, O Lord, for we yearn to be found by you. We bang on the door and grateful to know that you are there yearning to open it so that we may find here at your table a welcome place. We praise you, O Lord, that you are the God who looks far past all of what others may think would disqualify us, and that you receive us by your grace and mercy to re help us to remember from this point forward how much we are loved. So join us at this table, O Lord, through your Holy Spirit, that we may discover true communion with you and with one another. For we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ who taught us all to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. Our Lord took bread.
Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. For surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And after supper, Jesus took the cup.
another, for love is of God, and he who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be the worthy sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. For no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Father of all, <clears throat> altogether we give you thanks and praise that when we were still far off, you met us in your Son and brought us home. Dying and living, he declared your love, gave us grace, and opened the gate of glory. May we who share Christ's body live his risen life. We who drink his cup bring life to others. We whom the Spirit lights give light to the world. Keep us in this hope that we have grasped so that we and all your children shall be free and the whole earth live to praise your name. In the name of Christ Jesus our Lord, amen.
Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you.